Hello, dear friends. Every person dreams of happiness and strives for it throughout his life. Some people live in very difficult, grueling conditions, in slave labor, others like a hothouse flower, and other ones in a golden cage. But anyway, if we look honestly, everyone understands that as a result he is unhappy, that as a result of his life he feels disappointed. It would seem that the army of politicians as well as science and those very religions are trying to help people become happy. But if you really look at how humanity has been living for the last 6,000 years, what is the result? And the result is that, unfortunately, we have accumulated experience of how to live in suffering, but we do not have experience of how to live happily, live happily as society as a whole, humanity as a whole. Therefore, the topic of our video today is what prevents a person from being happy. And I'm pleased to introduce the participants of our conversation today. This is the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Vladimirovich. Greetings. Diana. Greetings. Tonya, greetings. Olga, greetings. And Anna, greetings. Igor Mihalovich, well, the topic is very serious. What prevents all humanity from being happy? The point is that we face such a paradoxical phenomenon that, in principle, a person as an individual honestly wants to be happy without masks. But all of humanity is unhappy at that. And this person, as an individual, doesn't believe that happiness is possible for all humanity. And this disbelief generates certain inaction of people. People do nothing to ensure that humanity becomes a creative and constructive society, and therefore a happy society. And the question arises, why does this actually occur? Where does this duality come from, and what do people need to do so that they simply step over these barriers on the path, the barriers of disbelief both to themselves and disbelief to society as a whole? For this they need to take the first step. And the whole problem lies precisely in the fact that people want to be happy, they strive for it, they understand that it is the only right way to really achieve happiness, not only in their own lives, although we all strive to be happy, but in society as a whole. But what hinders them? A simple question. And it is the experience that humanity and each individual have accumulated that hinders them. Today there are practically no happy people in this world. If we look, is a modern person happy? He has loans, he has debts, he has problems. He has problems in his family, problems at work, problems with his friends. We all live in problems, to a greater or lesser extent. Only today it has got better at work. There appear conflicts and problems in the family. It has got better in the family. There appear problems with neighbors or someone else. Isn't that so? And a person doesn't believe that, in this world, it's really possible to exist out of conflict, out of problems, but to be really happy. And what is the cause of all our conflicts and all our disappointments? A simple question. And the answer is also very simple. The consumer format of modern society. After all, the building of relationships both at work, among friends, acquaintances and in the family, is consumerist. And this is indeed so. Parents want to command their children so that they act the way their parents want. It is fair, 
Parents are adults, they know what is better. But there is a lack of understanding that children are free personalities who have the right to choose their life. Yet what do we think? That they are little, they know less than us, they do not have life experience and often make mistakes. We try to warn them against mistakes, and thus we got too much absorbed in the game. We forget that our children have already grown up, that they are adults, and sometimes they themselves have children already. But we continue to play whom? Parents. Tyrants. Right. After all, we forget that. At first we want to protect them, help, and then it becomes our habit. And then we wonder why children sometimes don't even call their parents, because a mere fact of communication is either obedience or again putting on masks again. It is the same with the parents towards their children. Again masks, masks of tyranny, masks of a smart, all-knowing, super-experienced person. Whereas life changes, and it turns out that we live in masks. But aren't our relationships at work built in the same way? To some we are a boss, to others we are subordinate. And we constantly have conflicts and disagreements. Why? Consumer relationship. A subordinate always consider his boss stupid, that he is wrong, in one or another case, and most importantly, towards this person. Well, he is always wrong. And no matter what the boss does good, he is still stupid and wrong. The boss always believes that the employee is either doing little or in a wrong way if… or does the wrong thing. Even if he does the right thing, he still does it in a wrong way. Well, this is an eternal question. And thus, we generate in ourselves a firm understanding that happiness is impossible. Happiness is the absence of conflicts. Happiness is the absence of problems. Happiness is the absence of health problems as well. It is when we are well-off, we have everything, we don't need to do anything, we are healthy, we are young, we are happy. Not an illusion, but in reality, says consciousness. But in fact, everything is an illusion. Whatever we achieve in this life, no matter what goal we set, when we come to it, we understand that this is not that kind of happiness, that it was an illusion. We have achieved some results in our life, have spent years on this, yet happiness has not come. And here is the answer why we all want happiness, each of us individually. But we do not believe that it's possible, not only in the community as a whole, but also for each of us, because there is no understanding of what happiness is and what real freedom is, and happiness is impossible without freedom. When a person has freedom, when he has confidence in the future, well, then he already feels safer. And if he isn't confident about his future, then a person will not feel happy anyway, because he is unsure. And in this world, no matter what a person possesses and whatever his position in society is, he still cannot be sure of tomorrow. Well, or again, deluding himself, he can be sure that everything is fine in his life. But this life ends, and the person understands that sooner or later it will end. And this again excludes the concept of happiness. Igor Mihalovich, there are also people who are truly free from such slavish mindsets that exist in society, and free from this disbelief, let's say. They understand that a human being is really capable of anything. Capable of anything. But these people are not heard. Well, they are not heard. Because again, 
people have their own mindsets. When they are told that it can be different, and a person relies on his life experience, on the dictatorship in his head that has developed into a pattern, and he cannot overcome all this, because doubts arise in him. So you come to me and say that I can live differently, that I can be happy, while I, for example, have a lot of problems. How will I react to your words? With a doubt. Why? Because you didn't tell me the very essence. Right? And people were promised so many times. Of course. Simply, yes. And again, now you have answered to this eternal question. Throughout the entire existence of religion and power, well, this is 6,000 years, people are being promised that tomorrow it will be better. Isn't that so? Has it got better? And that's the answer. And you come to me and say that I can change everything and I will be happy. This very message of yours already runs into resistance inside me, which comes from my personal experience, from the experience of my ancestors, from history and everything else. Because the concept of happiness means peace, freedom, health, and such a highest degree of freedom, let's say, right? When a person is confident not only about tomorrow, but also the day after tomorrow. But if a person has problems today, will he perceive it? Hardly. It is hard, yes. It is perceived by those who feel, who are more free internally. Again, free from whom? From the stereotypical mindset of the system. He is free from dictatorship of extraneous thoughts in the head, which are not his thoughts, but which dictate to him. And when a person realizes that this is not his, and he takes a step, he acquires a certain degree of freedom. Well, isn't that so? It is. Everything is simple. It is just that in order to gain freedom, one needs to take a step. And in order for me to believe in your words, you must prove to me that I can. Again, what do we run into? Someone owes something to someone. Isn't that so? And here, Igor Mihalovich, there also arises such a question. Yet, how to help those who don't believe, those who doubt, to realize that a lot actually depends on their choice? Of course. Both their future and the future of their children. And not only. And even in general, on a global scale, on the choice of people. Even the future of the whole society depends on everyone's choice. Because without you, my friend, society is incomplete. Isn't that so? When a person understands, and he can understand only, when he begins to work on himself at least a little bit. But we are ready to engage in anything, we are ready to work on society as a whole, we are ready to make revolutions, we are ready to die for the sake of society, we are ready for this. But we are not ready to take a step away from the dictatorship of the beast within us. We lose to our consciousness, simply because it is not ours. But we do not understand that it is not ours. We and our consciousness are knit together. And it seems to us that it is we who think. But sometimes we don't even notice where a good thought comes, let's say, and where a bad one. Because a bad thought which subsequently embitters our lives. And again, we return to relationships at work, in the family, and among friends. Why do we argue? At first a thought comes. We accept it. We begin to look critically at the member of our family. 
or our colleague at work, or at a sports club mate, it doesn't matter. We begin to criticize and judge someone. We begin to take offense at someone. We begin to look for something bad in him. Why? In order for ourselves to seem better. To seem to whom? To oneself. Is this possible? How can one prove something to oneself? It turns out it is possible. In pride, love towards oneself. And that's the paradox. Of course, the system simply loops us inside ourselves, and everything external, including our family, it would seem that can be closer, still remains behind the circle of our egoism, internal egoism, because a person has nothing dearer than his own self. Yet, at the same time, he is ready to sacrifice everything for the sake of people, society, especially relatives and friends. And that's a paradox, a paradox into which our consciousness drove us. But it is not ours. But in order to gain freedom, we precisely have to understand that consciousness, which we use, is not really ours, and it is not us. And what do you need to do for this? To make at least a little effort. That's where it all begins. Also, Igor Mihalovich, you've said that without you, my friend, society cannot be complete. Of course it cannot. We are faced with situations when people say that, well, I'm an ordinary person, I work in the fields, on the farm, or at an enterprise. Well, what use am I in building a society in general? What can I do? A huge use. After all, he's a human, wherever he works and whatever he does. He's a human being, a part of society. If he takes the side of building a creative and constructive society, he already makes a huge contribution, because he can tell and explain to those who do not believe in this. He can prove and show how to understand the very essence of this universe. If he doesn't do this, if he himself doesn't understand it and doesn't explain it to others, then others will also not know. Isn't that so? His near and dear ones, friends and colleagues, after all, you can really reach people only in this way, by your own example, by elementary explanations. Again, we return to what we talked about many times. Just ask your friend or your near and dear person to watch their thoughts for five minutes, to hold them on something. Then a smart person will ponder, since I can't hold the thoughts, my thoughts, it means they are not mine. If I don't want to quarrel with a person while a bad thought comes to me, then it is not mine. Of course, from the perspective of psychology and psychiatry, it can be explained that a person gave some reason, hence a thought appeared in us, stereotypically all of them got together and pulled out all the lowdown, all negativity on this person. And such an opinion has formed in us at this moment. But if we don't want this, why does it get formed? And neither psychology or psychiatry will be able to say anything on this. Am I not right? Absolutely, that's right. Because if people controlled their thoughts, then there would be no one to turn to either psychologist or psychiatrist. That's also right, it's not beneficial. They would be left without work. It's just that people would simply choose exactly what they need. They would control their state. Because any person, well, some people observe and some don't, but many people come to this understanding that everything begins with a thought. My state gets bad, my mood gets bad, because these thoughts come, I can't get rid of them. That's all, and people notice it. Therefore, if they controlled, then… Sure thing. 
because a forerunner of any emotion is always a thought. At first a thought comes, sometimes we don't even notice it, but then it turns into an image that we also may not notice. And then chemistry already works, that is, evil appears in us. We have a negative mood, a negative attitude, or conversely, we are driven into an illusion of love, addiction or something else. Everything is controlled by a thought, unless it is us who control it. Whereas we must… What is the right way? We must control the thought, we must accept those thoughts which we need, and consciousness must work for us, and consciousness must be a tool that helps us exist in this three-dimensionality, but not vice versa. While now, unfortunately, we have it other way around, we provide for the existence of our consciousness and live in illusion, in the hope that someday we will become happy. Sometimes, yes, it even happens that we feel happy, and it seems that it will be infinite. But the time comes, and this happiness is gone, like water from the palm of your hand. Everything is gone, because this world is temporary, and there can be nothing eternal. Nevertheless, we must show that we are people. Is that conceivable? It is the 21st century, and we have wars, we have a consumer-based society, where we try to enslave one another, dictate to one another, deceive and hate one another. Is this normal? Of course not, right. Just to think about it, even the most fundamental religions of today exist one and a half thousand or two thousand years and longer. And we, as a community, as a whole, should long ago live in justice, in accordance with the covenants that the Prophets brought to us. But we do not. Why? A simple question. After all, any one of us, in any religion, wants one thing — peace, love and happiness. Isn't that so, Anichka? Of course, certainly that's right, and the research conducted by the Universal Grain Project participants confirms this. Film The Universal Grain Life Love that gives freedom The Universal Grain is a unique, fundamental project of Alatra International Public Movement the purpose of which is to identify what values are common for all people all over the world, regardless of their nationality, social status or confession. It is an opportunity to find out what the world lives by, what people think about, and what unites all people on the planet. Kindness, spirituality are common values. Love, любовь and respect, to some extent one big family. And that is, at the core, most people are good people. We're all human, we're all human beings with uh, some... Uh, there is good in every person originally. The ability to love and the need to be loved. They see a cross, they want peace. To be happy. I think that's, that's the most unifying things that we might have in common. I think that love unites all of us. Common ground between us. 
it is love. And we belong to one humanity. And uh, this is where we belong to, to planet Earth. We are united, first and foremost spiritually. Love is something what, what, what connects us. It is love, heart. True love can connect us all, can unite us all. We all have one God, we are one. All people are united by one thing, by love. We are all united in the spiritual aspect. Love is the most important thing in the world. The whole world is family. What unites the people, that's what I say. The humanity, everywhere. They say there is no bad nation. One people, one love for us all. I think what unites us is that we all live on the planet Earth. It's just a love of life, for example, is that... What each of us does, and more importantly, how we go about doing that, can and will, in fact, determine the future of mankind. Representatives of more than 180 countries of the world, thousands of volunteers, correspondents, operators and people who actively assisted and conducted research and interviews all over the world, took part in the creation of this film. On the basis of the knowledge of Alatra, people have analyzed the sources of various religions of the world and gathered the opinions of famous scientists, representatives of communities and nationalities. What is the essence of human life and its purpose? On the basis of the key knowledge from the books by Anastasia Novich and videos with the participation of Igor Mikhailovich Danilov, it became possible today to collectively identify the universal grain which lies at the core of all beliefs and cultures. Deep feelings, which we live inside by, are common for all. And each of us carries this piece of the whole. Love, true nature, that's what we carry within us. And I would also compare that to freedom. You can't put it into words, just like words won't give it. It's like, uh, it's a great feeling of like uh, fulfillment, I don't know, love, yeah, something inside. When one has inner beauty, it is reflected externally too. It's actually the energy, the emanating light, in fact. In poverty, they're all the same. When we say a planet, we are all one in the family with equality. All people all over the world are born with a light inside of them, a goodness inside of them. Everybody has something inside that goes back to their essence. There's this pure love that we have very deeply inside. And when everyone is united by this, there's nothing else that is say in front of it, of love, of being kind. You can be friends and you can get along, even though you have different opinions, politically and religiously, different colors and uh, everything different. But you can get along and you can live together and work together. Don't have barriers. Don't think he has enemy, he is bad. Uh, any color, any faith, any language, Friendship is all that's going to win you. Now we have a new issue, for example, it's only an example, it's uh, climate, climate change. But if there are not unification between the people, we will not uh, find a solution. We need this unity. To try by our example, to be honest, to do good things, to play a responsible role. To live uh, in a good condition. Whatever they may be. But if we respect each other and accept each other as we are, then everything will be perfect. We will have no wars and no conflicts. We will just have a wonderful life which everyone dreams of.
love and beauty is what saves the world. This unselfish love is what changes a person. A place of brotherhood, sisterhood, and a place of love, genuine love, agape love we call it in Christianity. And I think the world would be a much better place to, to live in. Film, the universal grain. Life, love that gives freedom. Indeed, a lot of people in many countries, basically in all countries of the world, were interviewed, and they confirmed that no matter what nationality and religion they belong to, the main goal of a person's life and what he is looking for coming into one or another religion, or even looking for in his life, is precisely this inner thing — peace, just peace. Many people say that it is peace and good harmonious relationships with one another among people. The same happens while already conducting social surveys on the topic of a creative and constructive society. Because many participants all over the world also come out with this question and ask people, how do you envision a creative and constructive society? And what is it? Then it's also very interesting that no matter what kind of profession or social status a person has, first of all, everyone says peace, having in mind both internal and external peace at that. Next, they mention good and harmonious relationships with people. And here a question arises that when you come to some specific description of a creative and constructive society, then at this point people as if have a void, meaning on the whole there is kind of understanding of what you strive for, but when it comes to envisioning or seeing it in detail, then something kind of obscures for people, well to put it bluntly, envisioning a creative and constructive society. So I really wanted to ask this question, what is this connected with? Because consciousness is against. After all, the most important thing in a creative and constructive society is that there precisely should be no dictatorship of the beast. That is, a human, as personality, must dominate that very consciousness, that very bestial and negative. He must control it and not manifest it, not even let it boil up inside, as they say. After all, a person can easily do this, but is it beneficial to the system itself? Of course not. Is it beneficial to consciousness? Of course not. Because our emotion is food. Moreover, the more emotion we give, the better and sweeter it is for someone whom we do not see in three-dimensionality. Therefore, our consciousness is against even our envisioning such a society. And since we cannot envision it, can we create it? A simple question. We cannot, yes. Cannot. After all, how do you know towards what to move, if you do not envision what it should look like? Absolutely right. And that's why in the 21st century we are faced with the fact that humanity is on the threshold. And this is really not a scary story, this is not, say, some kind of a prophecy, this is such a trivial, say, optimistic view. Even I would say optimistic, that Sooner or later, humanity will destroy itself. Why? Because there is accumulation of weapons, resources are diminishing, relations between countries are getting tougher, business competition is getting harder, and hatred is growing. What will it lead to with the presence of even these very nuclear weapons, to a big global conflict? And how will this end for humanity? It won't end well, for sure, will it? But now the pessimistic prognosis. Will humanity have time to destroy itself? If we look outside with an open mind, then we see that the climate is changing at such a pace and we understand 
Despite what scientists are trying to tell us, I will say scientists in quotes, real scientists understand that there is a cyclical process and that it is inevitable. And it is increasing, and it is happening, and people see it already. Will we have time to destroy ourselves, or will the climate destroy us? Nature will simply wipe us out. On the other hand, people will say, this is not fair. How can God annihilate humanity, but how can people literally destroy all God's manifestations in themselves and in society as a whole? Is it fair? Is it fair that we as a society and as individuals do not live by God's covenants? A simple question, and no matter what religion we belong to, but we violate this. But there are, of course, exceptions. And in this case, the exceptions brought by people in religions, that it appears that somewhere it is possible to act this way and somewhere other way, and God will forgive everything because it is a trifle. We are like children. We play around a little, we hate, kill, steal, but after all, we play around, we misbehave. God is kind, He will forgive everything. Again, the mindsets from consciousness, which we believe in, even being atheists. And we cannot imagine a normal, creative and constructive society. Yes, in support of what you said, when communicating with people for whom the facts, let's say, are stubborn things, they say that it is actually easier for humanity to win the lottery than to avoid what is really happening, because based on what is happening, both financial crises and global climate disasters, we conclude that it is strange that we are still alive as humanity. And a deep gratitude for the fact that there are people who seek and build this creative and constructive society. Well, we just touched upon a very interesting topic when we said that this accumulated negative experience doesn't allow a person to imagine how it can be otherwise. And when we conducted social service both in Germany and in other countries, because people come from different countries of the world and thanks to such initiative, there is an opportunity to communicate with people from all over the world. And indeed, the first thing people answer is, of course, any normal person wants to live in peace, in harmony with their relatives and with any people in general. But we have observed the following paradox. When it really came to imagining this society, well, it was difficult to name any specifics. And sometimes there were such judgments as, well, it's utopian, it's impossible. And when we talked about this topic, that what about the fact that the question of war is really being raised again, and the people themselves, especially in Germany, have a very active position that we must never, never allow war to happen again. But at the same time, this information is sort of in the air, and it turns out that we already allow the possibility of this at the level of consciousness, at the level of information. In other words, words, it appears that to have wars is sort of a norm for our society, and that self-destruction up to slavery is within the limits of the norm. However, as for creation of a creative and constructive society, this, well, consciousness immediately gives such a mindset that it is impossible. But I have a question. When did humanity, during almost last 6,000 years, live without a war? Constantly. There are no such periods in history. And people say that it's all right. Well, look at our history. We've always lived in war. This is normal. It's all right. Yes, this is normal when it is not your family which is killed, when it's not yours that is taken, when it is not you who are killed. 
This is normal. But when it concerns you, my friend, is that normal? A simple question. And then immediately, but what about the highest values? But what about the 21st century? But what about humanism and love for mankind? But this is when it concerns us. And when it comes to others? And again, why is it difficult for a person to imagine a creative and constructive society? Because under the dictation of consciousness, he begins to look for a place in this creative society where it will be more beneficial and better for him than for others. And in connection with the equality and simplification of everything, but how? But how will I become a dictator if there is no dictatorship and power, when power belongs to all people? And he cannot wrap his head around this. And here is a small nuance. We all live our own lives, everyone works in his own sphere. Sometimes we don't think about power, about anything, sometimes. But each of us has a dictator in our head, who wants to manipulate and control the whole world. It's a mindset from consciousness. It's just that some find themselves in conditions where they can implement this, while others are in completely different conditions where it is almost impossible for them to do this. But then we become tyrants and dictators in small units, even among those who love us. Isn't that so? It is. It is interesting that people have this question and doubts. Where does this aggression come from? Why can't we live peacefully? Just everything which we are discussing now. But at the same time, there is an answer to this question in science. It is just that it has not been deduced. Now, if you look at how consciousness works, for many people we are faced with this, and even for most experts, it is very difficult to accept the fact that it's an aggressive structure. Yet they themselves describe that consciousness functions through defense mechanisms. This is confirmed. As of today, there are 50 defense mechanisms, even more, because I looked them up two years ago and there were 30 of them. What is a defense? This is the reverse side of an attack, that is, a structure that constantly perceives everything that surrounds it in, aggressive and hostile in a hostile way way. Yes, that is. Defense precisely comes from aggression, meaning this structure itself, these 50 defense mechanisms. And today many experts already claim that these are not defense mechanisms, but destabilizing mechanisms, because as of today, 99% of people are in a state of mental disorders. What kind of defense is this? And whom does it attack then? A human being. A human being, right. First of all, it attacks a human himself. And it dictates this. Also, there is another point, that it, even if we sort of don't go deep into these mechanisms, but simply look at their names. Denial, displaced aggression, repression, fantasizing, self-deception, indifference, regression, simply the names themselves. That is, it pushes a person to distortion of facts, rejection of the existing situation, unwillingness to deal with it. That is, under the control of consciousness, a person is constantly immersed in deception, in a lie. He doesn't see and doesn't… In an illusion. In an illusion, yes, and aggression. And it's interesting that illusions are almost always aggressive. Yes. The illusion itself, whatever it may be, even an illusion, when one person is dreaming of another, he is building it up. Actors in his head tell him how everything is good and wonderful. And he literally has a movie in his head, where he is happy with this person, this person loves him and the like. But if he goes deeper into this illusion, then everything ends with what? with dictatorship and manipulation of the one 
who supposedly loves you even in your illusion. Yes. And that's the paradox of a human. And is that normal? I can give the following example. I have a friend, and my consciousness always said, oh, they have that kind of love, they have that kind of love. And when I began to delve more deeply, what was that love about? About the fact that guy does everything the girl wants, lives under her dictatorship. And your consciousness envied. Of course. Because she found such a fool who dances to her tune. To her tune, yes. Yes, and this is already perceived in your consciousness consciousness as that kind of love. Yes. And what about love? She found herself a slave. She found herself a slave. Will it end well? No. Because, excuse me, any slave wants to be a dictator too. He wants, strives to become a feudal lord. He also wants to find a slave who would do everything for him. It was this way in the beginning, that she did everything for him. And women act this way, because they are smart and cunning. They use cunning, not force. Right? Yes. That's a joke. Well, regarding women, it's just, in the previous video there was information about this and the fact that the participants themselves find while participating in the projects, for instance, the signs of time, as well as in many other projects, that there was a creative society, that it's really not an illusion, that it's a fact. And well, the creative role of a woman in this society is also very inspiring. A creative society has existed for 6,000 years. There were no wars, there were no commanders, chiefs. Everything was honest and right, and we can find it, it's in the cultures. Even, excuse me, Trapilia is not far from us, and it shows this, and many other cultures that are found now. All this confirms that people did not fight. But what does the science do? It tries to twist everything. Our consciousness does not like this. Igor Mihalovich, but if it was written in history textbooks that, yes, six thousand years ago, people lived peacefully and children would study this at school, it would be, well, would it be easier for a person to accept it, to believe that this is possible? Well, to believe, maybe they would believe that it was so at that time, yes, but it was really so. And those who are engaged in science find and confirms this. But what we write in textbooks will not change anything. Because, excuse me, over the past 6,000 years we have developed a consumer-based format of society. And what did it lead us to? Excuse me, we have already created nuclear weapons. Well, I will say even more. We are now on a verge of a slightly different type of weapons, which are much more scarier than nuclear weapons. But if humanity develops it now, what happens tomorrow? A disaster. And what for? What's the point? What is the point of killing your own kind? To be a dictator over the rest, so that they are afraid of you? Will this make anyone happy? Just to look into your consciousness. And just to answer to yourself, after all, everyone is a tyrant, in fact, and everyone dreams of being it. But in fact, there is a usurpation of power on Earth by a certain circle of people, and naturally, it is more beneficial for them to pit people against one another. And a certain propaganda is going on. There is an image that people are somehow different there, they want to harm us, we must defend ourselves, or we must respond preventively in order for us to… Divide and conquer. Yes, such a moment was especially memorable in society, the Last Chance Conference, which was held on the 11th of May this year. Yes, and I remember very well that there was a teleconference in Atlanta with Moscow and Kiev. Well, there were different cities, and the participants themselves said there, well, tell us, here we are, ordinary Americans, well, they tell us that you, Russians, want to destroy us, raise your hands those who really want to harm us, who among you wants us to be unhappy? After all, 
No one raised. There was a full audience. I don't know, about 500 people were sitting there. I was surely so inspired at that moment, because consciousness really tells us that people in another country are somehow different. They are wired differently, they think differently, their happiness is somehow different, and everything is different. But when you come to this country and live in it for a while, then you understand that everyone has the same problems. Everywhere. Everyone has the same aspirations. Everyone wants to be happy. They probably don't really understand what it means to be happy. Because I remember, again, when I was a child, we also wrote essays and watched films at school. And this topic was also raised. Well, what is happiness after all? Again, each society tries to raise obedient citizens. And it says that happiness is either in the struggle or in self-sacrifice for the sake of someone or other things. There was even a film under the title, as far as I remember, The Key Without the Right to Transfer. And there was also such a story when schoolchildren were writing an essay on the topic What is happiness? And a guy was sitting, and he sort of didn't know. And then he looked back. A girl was sitting behind him. She smiled at him, and he wrote, Happiness is when they understand you. And I also remember that it has become such an established phrase for many years. Because when you ask the question, what is happiness? Many answer, happiness is when they understand you. But again, do they actually understand that they understand you? There is such a question. It's a good question. Yet what is happiness from the perspective of psychiatry? Well, excuse me, after all, psychiatrists should know what happiness is. At least someone. At least someone. At least someone. Quite recently, by the way, psychiatrists have joined in addressing this problem at the level of science. After. So they have joined after all. Well, they have. Although since ancient times, people and great philosophers, well, all people ponder on this issue, because it is a key one. Everyone is trying to figure it out. But after numerous debates, after entire institutions have been created today, which are trying to figure out what happiness is, in general, today they have come to a conclusion that, well, this understanding of happiness has been reduced to the satisfaction of one's needs and, let's say, to realization of one's sense of comfort, which simply manifests itself in various areas of human activity. I'll interrupt you for a second. So a well-fed pig, lying in a puddle, in a mud, is happy. Well, they have even replaced this concept, happiness. Is that what happiness is? Yes, Igor Mikhailovich, I understand this. They even have a level of happiness that they are trying to measure. Yes, Scales. to what they extent? Scales, yes. Yes, a scale. How happy the population is in a particular country. There is even some a kind scale of scale. Of happiness. Well, there are yes. a lot of scales of happiness, yes. But everything eventually came down to this satisfaction. And these scales include primarily the ratio of the emotional states of a person, meaning whether there are more or less positive emotions. Well, based on this, a person is considered to be more or less happy. And let's understand what positive emotions are. When a person being in an illusion has a positive emotion and he is happy when he imagines that he stole, say, a goat from a neighbor. Yes. Is this the right happy emotion? Or when he, excuse me, well, it's positive after all, conquered half of the world. It's a positive emotion, then he's happy, isn't he? Well, not for long. No. And what thoughts imposed on us by consciousness bear what's positive, really creative and inspiring. 
There are no such thoughts. Are there many such thoughts in people's heads? They're always consumer-based, always around their egoism. In the acquisition of something or someone. Surely, or in the achievement of and something. And sometimes it happens that even if they achieved something or helped someone, a thought of what a good person I am still appears at the end. Of course. And also, you've helped someone. Someone should know about this. Yes. If I've helped someone and have done something, and nobody knows about this… Yes. Yes. Well, it's somehow so sad. Then why have I done this if I have not been praised? Isn't that right? Yes. An understanding has appeared that consciousness has reduced the concept of happiness to satisfying the needs of consciousness. That is, although in general it turns out that happiness is the inner state of human, sort of his spiritual component. First of all. First of all. And in a consumer-based society, happiness appears to be turned upside down and literally narrowed. Do you know what the problem is? The problem is that our consciousness is unable to give us anything that would meet the criterion of happiness. Happiness, yes. Right. Because a person can gain happiness only when he acquires eternal life. And when he comes across the spiritual world, when he gets filled with this power and love, then he has immense happiness. It cannot be finite, regardless of what is happening in this world. Yes. Even, say, the worst scenarios develop, which we talked about, people are trying to destroy each other or the climate. Nature has rebelled against us. But the person will still have happiness inside, because for him tomorrow does not end with the death of the physical body. And also, when a person acquires life, indeed life, when he lives by the spiritual world, he has a very critical and selective attitude to consumer aspiration of his consciousness already. A person understands that he does not need much. It's good if he has something, but it's also great if he doesn't have it. It's good. Well, what's wrong with that? That's right. Yes, if something is needed, the person will earn it. He perfectly understands this. And he becomes truly free. Free from what? From the beast's dictatorship. From the beast's dictatorship. From the beast's dictatorship. This is the only thing that gives a person freedom. While we, excuse me, live in a consumer-based format, under the dictatorship of our consciousness, with its help, when they begin to tell and impose on us by separating us that someone is good, someone is bad, and we are imposed with the following formula, if we defeat those people, we will become happy. Well, isn't that so? Right. Or we will do it, we will conquer something, and we'll be happy. That someone is standing in the way of our happiness, right? Or as it is in business. If we now seize these territories and control them, we will be happy. Well, will it make us happy? No, it of course won't. not. Well, it's interesting that they often involve religion into this separation. What we encounter in Germany, for example, and then you often hear such slogans as we are a Christian country. People have come who were forced to leave their homes. Well, everyone knows that no one leaves their home for no reason. For no reason. The living conditions must already be so unbearable that a person is forced to leave his home. And they connect it with the fact that, well, they have a completely different mentality, they have a completely Quite different right. culture, they are not like us. All this is alien and unusual for us. But it is interesting what you've said about the first step, that when a person makes efforts and invests his attention, this becomes valuable to him, because he already gains his own experience, not the one that was imposed on him from the outside. And thanks to Universal Grain Project, we had an opportunity 
opportunity, and we still have. We continue to do this, to communicate with people of various religious denominations, and we get convinced in practice that those keys that are given in the Alatra book and in the videos with your participation help every believer in his denomination, in his religion, understand the depth at which all people unite. And when people find mutual understanding without knowing the language, for example, well, I worked with refugees closely and directly, and I witnessed how local people from Germany helped newcomers for some mobile apps. And in general, well, that is, a lack of a common language in terms of verbal communication didn't prevent people from finding this common language. And such an understanding comes that basically, from the perspective of consciousness, in those conditions of a consumer society we're in, it is really impossible to envision something different. Because that very happiness, as well as peace inside oneself and with other people, will always be only within the limits of consciousness. That it can only be this way, but not otherwise. But if we sort of, when we asked, can you describe this society? How do people live there? What kind of relationships do they have? What are the living conditions in this society? Then often there was kind of misunderstanding. The previous unsuccessful experience was recalled. For example, communism and some other formats which… Do you mean you are now speaking about a creative and constructive society, right? Yes, that is, we discussed a creative and constructive society, but consciousness recalls negativity within the framework of this experience. But again, let's take a look, an unbiased look, at why that very communist order that was being formed, and there were other attempts, why did they fail? After all, it was a good social idea for everyone, yes? But the ideas were often utopian. There was no… there was no spirituality. I remember, there was everything in the Soviet Union, even morality. There was a moral code of communism builders. There was even some kind of, well, one can even say honesty and everything, but there was no spirituality. And this, basically, sort of replaces one's own concept of happiness, because happiness… Of course is an internal state, after all. Yes, you can't replace it with some universal human values. There are some parameters, which can be described by means of some codes for a person to follow. But in no way this replaces the concept of happiness. It is something different. But you know, I've got such an idea. What is a creative and constructive society? A creative and constructive society is a society of happy people. But how can one understand this? Well, I think that, well, at least I experienced this many times in the past, when I was still a child. There are times when a person really feels happy, even if they don't last long, but he does feel. And at this moment, well, will you do anything bad to anyone? You, on the contrary, want to share this with everyone. And now there's another question on these points. Is a person actually attached to anything material at that moment? No. Of course not. That's what I want to say. On the contrary, you will give the shirt off your back, because you are happy. And you enjoy doing good to people. You enjoy helping someone. And you really expect praise from anyone at this time? Or no. compensation for the fact that you did good? No, because you… Because you are already happy. You are happy. And this happiness overwhelms you so much that you don't need anything else. And you are ready to share this happiness and help others. And I think that everyone has experienced this. It's just that, of course, it is life. Afterwards, this gets erased. The majority, for sure. The brief moments, but for sure. Of course. But here's the paradox. It turns out that each person has this experience. Meaning, it's not some kind of negative experience, because a person comes to this world with an absolutely clean sheet of consciousness. He doesn't have this negative experience yet. But what happens? 
things. When communicating with people from other countries, from different countries, such an argument is given sometimes that, but what about Maslow's pyramid? That one needs to satisfy basic needs first, while spirituality is sort of secondary. That's what the consciousness should be thinking. What is also interesting, from my personal experience of communicating with people, again, with refugees, emigrants, there is such a mindset that you must firstly provide people with the bare essentials. And what I observed was that at first, when people just came, there was care, support for one another. Everyone was trying to support somehow, to help and do anything. And at the time, I remember it was so, despite the fact that people had experienced, witnessed very tragic events, basically, this very support was felt very well. People opened up and asked, how do you live here? What is customary here? What values do you live by? But time passed. People got, let's say, better material conditions. That is, they already have a place to live. They don't have concerns about what they will eat tomorrow. And they got their jobs too. I mean, it would seem that basic needs have long been satisfied. Satisfied. But still, there is no happiness. That's right. And it turns out, I communicate with people a lot. And what I understand is that until a person feels accepted in society, at least at the level of human, ordinary human relationships, he's always like a stranger. And such an understanding comes that, in general, in a consumer society, it is impossible to feel safe. Of course. Even though the material component is already satisfied. But again, even the material component is a temporary phenomenon. This is something that you can lose in this world at any moment. Isn't that so? And many people have this experience. So, going back to the question why, was Communism utopian, as well as all such formations that people try to implement? Because they kept such a concept as power. The top. The elite. While the elite always serves L. Therefore, they created the inevitably dead. That is, on the top they lived by such consumerist models, while they told people… Of course. And what happens? The top lives by a consumerist model, it lives luxuriously. Those who serve them see and copy this. And ultimately, despite some moral values, social orientation and aspiration for something better, this entire model very quickly became a consumer format in the end anyway. And it ate itself, that is, sold itself. Although, again, any format, whichever we take. Let's take the capitalist format, right? Well, everything seems to be simple. There are markets, you buy, sell, do. Well, what model can be simpler than that, even in the understanding of human consciousness? But it has outlived its usefulness, and everyone is talking about it now. Meaning why? It will cease to exist any day now, and it will cease to exist through a very serious and deep crisis, which will also lead to bad manifestations that might also serve as a trigger in an attempt to preserve this order, a trigger for a confrontation with people. But again, everything depends on people, whether they will want this or not. Well, we already see it all. And they already speak about it openly from the big rostrums. And this means we need a new format for society. But which one? If, excuse me, the communist format died, and the capitalist format is dying, what format and for how long can we keep forming them? 
Shall we return kings to the thrones again? That is, we will again endow some people such as we are with power. We will endow the same mortal beings with power over us, and we'll hope that one king will die, a better one will come, and so on forever. We've been there before too, nothing new. What's new? Well, it turns out that we seem to be waiting for someone to come and suggest how we should live. And here is the answer. Someone will come and do everything instead of us. Again, we need crutches to support us. And again, we shift the responsibility to someone. Also wanted to clarify one of the misunderstandings of consciousness about the absence of elite and power. They also say, so is anarchy meant here? That is, consciousness also interprets it this way. By the way, in anarchy, in anarchy, wait guys, anarchy is negatively perceived by us. Because there were anarchists at the time when, let's say, the communists tried to take power here. And groups of anarchists appear who did not obey anyone. But didn't these anarchists have their chieftains? They did. So was it anarchy or a gang? A gang. And that is why the idea of anarchy was destroyed by such armed gangs, because they still were unable to give up power. Well, this is where the negative experience of self-government of the society always comes up, that people need someone who will restrain this animal nature, someone from the outside. Do people really have the experience of self-government? They have forgotten it. They've forgotten it over 6,000 years, while there was a positive experience before. And excuse me, all of humanity lived all over the world, communicated with each other. They also traded and shared cultures in the same way. And they existed without wars, without enmity. Even people often ask that. Just recently, a participant from Egypt came, and we… he was very interested in personal communication with people. And the question was about the organization, that how can people organize themselves without having a hierarchy? It's just very interesting that by such a practical example of the Alatra movement, we see how it is already being implemented, that it is not utopian. All over the world. That people themselves, because all who are present here, participate in the organization of conferences and in the one within the framework of society, the Last Chance Project. We do all these ourselves. That people had an opportunity to attend, even the way we prepare the location, the way, well, preparation of equipment. Communication, yes. Human interaction in general takes place. That is, people who speak different languages deal with some technical issues. Well, a person was very surprised that this exists in practice. But how does it happen? As long as you stand aside and look at this in a consumer-like way of thinking, there is always a doubt that there should be someone who organizes them. But when you become part of this, when you put your efforts, when you get your experience… Then you are the one. Yes. The one who organizes something, if you organize this. You're the one who does something, if you do this. But when you stand aside and criticize, it's really hard to believe in this, even for consciousness. Of course it is hard. That's why it requires proof. This is only until you really, until you have taken this first step that was mentioned. Well, the proof is one here, my friends. Come, stand side by side, roll up your sleeves and go ahead, and everything becomes clear. Then consciousness is silent. What can it tell you? I also encounter this, and repeatedly. I once showed our Atlantis video to one businessman. 
and he tells me, do not tell me fairy tales. To make such a film, huge funds are needed. He says, are you telling me that this is done by volunteers? I say, yes, people really come after work and edit these films themselves, and they are interested. They do it selflessly, and they are overwhelmed with joy. People's consciousness doesn't believe. They see the level of the videos, yes. Yes, yes. They see how interesting it all is, how professional it is shot in terms of technical aspects, and they think that it is someone, someone is behind it, someone is pursuing some goal, and consciousness prompts only such points. Although this is really an example, perhaps, of such a cell of a creative and constructive society, which should be. And if we take this cell as a basis, we can extend it to the whole world. Of course. For example, that very conference of ours, Society, The Last Chance, the next part of which will take place on the 9th of May, 2020. After all, when this year this conference was announced, my consciousness was also telling me, well, it is unlikely that many people will gather, because few people know about our movement and our initiatives. But when I saw that there were about 400 locations, I mean, I was very surprised. That is, those were large cities, and there were quite respectable people in Great Britain, in Atlanta, and there were religious muftis of Great Britain, representatives of public organizations, politicians, that is, even a presidential candidate. Well, it would seem, well, of course, what will happen next year on the 9th of May is very inspiring. That is, you can imagine that it will be even on a larger scale. But it all depends on us. Of course. So I would like to appeal to everyone to join us. Everyone who is interested in building a society of happy people. Those who want to live happily. Not just to get some pleasure out of purchasing something. Well, everybody knows, no matter what you purchase, after three days it sort of begins to pall. It's not interesting anymore. It doesn't bring joy already. But those who want to live happily, those who want to think about happiness, about their children, their grandchildren, those who want to leave something behind, please join, exchange experience with us, and let's build this creative and constructive society together. Of course. This is interesting. That's what the point of Alatra movement is. To build something good together, to bring love to each other and bring peace to this world. What else is it needed for? so that good people can unite. That's what the Alatra platform is needed for. Very often, while conducting social surveys, we heard how people were always saying, yes, we want peace, we want to live in love. And somehow, in a conversation, after the camera was already turned off, and when we started talking about a creative and constructive society, Sometimes such a statement was voiced. Well, I'm alone, after all. There is some kind of isolation. Well, what can I do? I'm alone. That, what can I do? All over the world, there are so many good people who are separated. And it turns out that... But look, the world is actually ruled by 0.01%. The world is ruled. Why is it that very few people rule the huge humanity, because they are well organized. And that's it. Meaning, it's just the organization of people that dictates one or another order. And as a rule, we observe, those who are aggressive people, those who are not very good, get well organized to achieve clear goals, dictatorship, power, and again the satisfaction of all animal needs of a person. Why wouldn't people who want good, 
who live by the spiritual, who are simply humane, unite regardless of religion. What difference does it make, my friend? Even if you are an atheist, if you want the world to become better, just don't sit and don't be silent. Am I right? Join us and we will do this together. After all, Alatra is, first of all, it's not a religious organization. It is precisely a community of people who directed their energy, their time, their efforts to make as much good and wonderful as possible in this world. That's the point, right? By the way, people precisely notice how well your conference was organized. They are surprised that there aren't any invited people who would do it instead of them. Yes, people… But why? Isn't that people who actually do everything? Everything that exists in this world is made by human hands. It is all done by people. Well, excuse me, Alatra, this is actually us. All people who have at least a little conscience inside, they are Alatra people. After all, what is Alatra? We'll say it again, it is God's love. And those who have at least a little bit of God's love have a conscience. How can it be otherwise? After all, no one considers oneself a scoundrel inside. Everyone thinks… Even inveterate scoundrels. Yes, right. Even all inveterate scoundrels think that they are good. Well, of course, consciousness justifies that it is circumstances or someone else. But coming across many people, speaking about how to build a society of happy people, Many say, well, how? We don't know. This is impossible, because the system and people are above us. But I say, but wait, what about you and me? Aren't we a part of this society? And what about all other people? Do they really want grief for their children? Or do they want to live somehow badly? Of course. So, perhaps, we should simply convey this to people, to talk with them and to show them. It is clear that maybe at some moments, I don't know, when it is a formal gathering of people at some hall, then they will probably not perceive this. But when you come Without to them… masks. For a sincere conversation over a cup of tea, you can certainly discuss some things. On live examples. When people are sincere, of course. then, naturally, all of them open up and show that, yes, indeed, it is possible. Even when you watch videos that are shot by Alatra International Movement, you can see how people open up in the interviews, how sincere they are, how much they shine from the inside. But when you watch it on official sources, on TV, it seems that they are some monsters who want who want something bad. But excuse me, aren't they actually monsters at this time? And don't they want anything bad? Exactly. And who controls them at this time? Yes. Precisely the uncontrolled consciousness. And we do know what it strives for. Is it for good, peace and love? Of course Excuse not. me, it divides a group of three people into three people, right? It causes clashes, even in a small group, not to mention a large community. And only when people overcome their consciousness, when they become free, they begin to shine. And it's then when they come together. And here is a simple question for you. Tell me, please, who builds the consumer-based format of society in this world? Are these some kind of alien beings? We are building this format ourselves, of course, And yes. since we are building this format, why can't we build another one? Of course we can. The only thing is that if you rely on your consciousness and listen to what it says, then, of course, it will tell you that it is impossible, because it is not profitable for consciousness. Well, it's just interesting to see what kind of mindset dominates at that. Well, I don't know anything about that. I don't understand this. I sort of don't have anything to do with this. 
But what we have observed from our personal experience when communicating with participants, because conferences are held now on absolutely different topics, climate, economics, art and medicine. And medicine. And there are many other topics where every specialist, regardless of his occupation, can always hear what he himself went through, his own experience. And what is interesting is that people share their personal experience, not only as specialists, but also as ordinary people like all of us. And this is much more important. Who live in this society. That's why everyone understands. But what is more important is the language of humanity, our simple, true language. When we speak from the soul, and if we start speaking as specialists, If Diana and I start speaking our medical language now, as specialists, will you understand us? Igor Vladimirovich will speak his own language, you will speak your own, and then what? And we became apart, but there is a single language that comes from the inner. It is simple and understandable. Why put on masks? Well, such a mindset is also imposed that, well… To look cooler, right? When they talked about the limitation of capital, about topics related to medicine, it was observed that before, even my own reaction was like, well, I'm not an economist, how can I talk about this? And now, when we understand… You are a consumer, excuse me, owing to this, you live. Yes. Owing to the fact that, I mean, you live in our consumer-based format of society, owing to what economists have done. You have some income, some expenditures, some relationships, isn't that so? So who has more experience? An economist who decides how you should live? In theory and in practice. Or you, who lives according to these decisions? Who sees mistakes better? The one who fantasizing, right? The one who sees it in practice. That people, well, everyone shares their experience and the holistic picture of how it looks is formed. So, my friends, we are all victims of economy. And you understand why it is it so important today for the people themselves to raise this issue? This is exactly what Igor Vladimirovich was talking about, about the conference Society The Last Chance. Because if it's not us people who take it up for the discussion, then what is going on, right? This is another imposition of a new format from the outside. This is not the way it should by be. By whom? By financial or economists who supposedly know well, but in the end they adjust the work of this entire system for themselves. And another question… And what happens? A consumer-based format. A consumer-based format. In another form. Which is intended to… To make life better for someone. Well, now it becomes even clearer. For oneself, of course. To make life better for someone, and not even… and not for society, but for those who developed this consumer-based format themselves. Exclusively. But we are talking about something completely different, when people themselves, that is from all over the world, of different professions, well, those who live in this society, in other words, not being professionals, but being humans, first of all. This is what society is. They implement, raise and discuss it themselves. This is the goal. This is precisely the society which, yes. excuse me, is the society at all levels. Yes. And this is society. And this society raises this question. And how can we make our lives better? After all, this life is not someone else's. This life is ours. And here is the question again. If the society, our humanity, decides to change the format from consumer-based to creative and constructive one, so it will be. But then, excuse me, there will be other conditions of existence. Then there will be other prospects for humanity. But this is people's choice, after all. And if they don't want this, then there will be what we have. And everything will move in the same direction. This is our choice. 
And you know, the question what to do, how can we be without power, sounds a little strange, in fact. One might think that we have come to something good with power. We are already, excuse me, on the brink of the abyss, so we should obviously try without power, maybe. While few people understand this, they say, we need to change, so they take one representative of the government and change for another. But people don't know one subtlety. Excuse me, but if we change, then the next one who comes will be the same. His way of thinking changes. Thinking, yes. He gets into the same conditions that have always been. He gets into the same conditions. He becomes absolutely the same. And indeed, this change of thinking happens, as well as the change of the world perception, very fast. Yes. Igor Mikhailovich, and here's another question. I'm listening, and I get a feeling as if a person doesn't want to take responsibility. He doesn't want to. That he's always waiting. So he waits for someone to come, someone to decide, someone to put everything in its place, someone to offer something new. And I, well, I will lie on the couch. I will be a couch critic. I know everything Because it is easy to criticize. But I have a question for such couch critics. If you guys know everything very well, why on earth you are lying on the couch? Get up, we need you. You know everything after all. Great. But, you know, I will say from my experience too, because consciousness tells me that you will look ridiculous. They won't understand you if you tell them that. But again, when you overcome this and voice this, then you, on the contrary, see the response that occurs in people. And even, well, I have many friends in various fields, including some who are quite politicians and other people. And when you talk about it with them, they understand everything, they support you, and they say, yes, that's good, it would be great this way. But when you say, well, speak it aloud, it depends on you. No, how? How can I do that? They won't understand They're me. Scared. They're scared. Yes. They're scared. Why, if you understand me? Why won't other people understand you? Why is that when we get together in a bathhouse, we can talk about it at the table, and we, and within a small group, we understand why, Why do people think we won't be understood by a large group or in the masses? Well, it's just an imposition of consciousness. Of course. In fact, we shouldn't be afraid. We should talk about this, because if we just overcome this fear and take this step… The most do... difficult thing, as yes. you say, is to take the first step. Consciousness tells you, no, they will criticize you. Of course. They will. But doesn't consciousness torture you? But don't they criticize you anyway? Excuse me, but in a consumer-based format, everyone spits on each other's back. If we look honestly, isn't that so? While here, there appears a chance of to attain a life where we will stop spitting on each other. So should we be silent and afraid? I want to say, give it yes, a try. Yes, it is hard to take the first step. Of course. Just remember your own experience. Sure. Well, I'm a respectable person. After all, I'm authoritative. Yes. Well, how will I say anything like that? I'm such like a cool that? businessman. And I will come out and start talking about Alatra. I'll be called a sectarian and yes. be labeled with a stigma, right? Well, just like that. Well, it's true. Or they will laugh at you. Well, they will laugh at you. You will somehow feel embarrassed. But when you talk about this, no one laughs. And that's the paradox. They may argue, but never People laugh. People around the world want this very much, indeed. Yes. And you can see it. The spiral of silence phenomenon. Because this is everyone's need. Yes, this is everyone's Need. This right. is really so, and by speaking about this, by overcoming yourself, you set an example, and we return to what? To the beginning of the video, that there is hopelessness. However, there is a way out, guys, and it is very simple. Stop serving. Let's say, stop being the slave of the system, and everything will fall into place. When consciousness tells you, don't do this, do this. Take a step. Because you're taking this step towards the good, why doesn't it tell you, don't deceive? Why doesn't your consciousness say, don't steal, don't envy, don't criticize, don't insult? Yes. If it is so good, right? Yes. And it defends you.
It doesn't stop in that, yes. A simple question. Why does it stop you on your good path? Yes. When you strive for the creative and constructive, but your consciousness says stop, they will laugh at you. Yes. But who will laugh at you? Indeed. If an animal laughs at you, then excuse me, my neighbor's dog also barks at me when I come home. It sees me and barks, so what, should I care about it? If I worried about all the dogs that bark, then excuse me, I'd have no time to think about you. It's really so. After all, when it comes to approaching a person and sharing gossip, consciousness doesn't stop you by saying, think it over, are Of you course, sure? sharing stupidity, the gossip about your friend, yes, for example. Yes, but when it comes to talking about something that really inspires you, not in theory, you talk in practice about what you have understood inside, discovered and felt, about the experience that you have received, how you participate. That is, you can talk precisely about what is interesting, right? On living examples. About living examples. Of your stories, because a person sees it and feels this truth when you share it. Now, while we were talking, an understanding came to me what taking of responsibility actually is, because we heard this question too when talking about shifting of responsibility. And people asked, what does taking of responsibility mean? And now our Anichka answered the most important question. Why have we actually gathered today at this table, so as to finally show in a friendly conversation among friends a simple example what taking of responsibility is. And so, you see, little by little, Anichka answered you. It means to act. It's true, friends. It is very simple to take responsibility. It's very simple. Get up from the couch and take responsibility, and everything will be fine. And you will be with us. Well, by the way, it's interesting. It's interesting that often, well, not often, but I happen to hear such proposals that something specific should be done. Excuse me. That some result is needed. My friends say, what should I do if I'm not on the couch? Well, what? It's a figurative, my friends. They have bombarded us with thoughts from the future. What we're saying is not specific, that there is a need for some, let's save animals, I don't know, let's do something. I mean, let's help the poor. It seems to be good, but let's be specific. It's wonderful, it's great, but guys, it's impossible to solve the problem of hunger by feeding the hungry. Yes. It's impossible to save animals by eating them, and so forth. You just should be humane. You shouldn't be afraid. They say to you, what should we do first? Stop being afraid. Become humans. Breathe freely. This is freedom. It cannot be replaced by anything. It cannot be found by fighting with each other. It cannot be attained for any money. It depends only on your choice and your firm step. And as Igor Vladimirovich said, we have to take the first step. It's scary. But that's where heroism lies in, in overcoming fear. It's scary until you've made that step. Absolutely right. People say we don't know what to do. Seven billion people with vast experience of life, professional experience, and say we don't know what to do. Well, isn't it funny? Isn't it a shame for humanity? Just to share the experience that we have. There was a project on the creative medicine, right? People organized a conference call. Nurses, paramedics, chief doctors, doctors, representatives of pharmaceutical business, pharmacists from completely different countries with different experiences. We sat down, we made a call via Skype in the evening, then another one the third, the fourth. Well, when there is this sincere desire, it turns out that we can get a complete understanding of the problem, formulate it all and understand what to do next. Everything is easy. And if a huge number of people with all the experience unite, it's not complicated at Let's all. Let's put it this way. Cowards are looking for reasons and excuses, while heroes are looking for opportunities. Everything is very simple. All this is so uncomplicated. There is absolutely nothing complicated. If we were able to build, my friends, 
such a gigantic, such a terrible world as our today's consumer-based one, then what prevents us from making a beautiful world and creative one? After all, it's us who have built it. It's not someone who came here, excuse me, and did it for us. We have built it. A world filled with hatred, anger, aggression. We've even invented weapons. Billions have been killed in wars, in human history. And there are so many destitute people, so much suffering. Even those who got to the top of power understood that it was deception. Just an illusion and deception. And still they died and became subpersonalities. Now, the former kings live as janitors or even hobos. What's the point of all this? When it's possible to gain life, when it's possible to gain freedom, when it's possible to build a world that is not shameful to pass on to our children and grandchildren, well, isn't that so? If we have made a complex world, then it is easy to make a simple, creative and constructive one. Just stop being goats, I mean animals, and everything will be fine. Igor Mihalovich, people also say the following, you know, well, we still have a very good life now. Well, 300 years ago, well, it was a complete trash. That is consciousness, sort of. But why is it good? This. Because we have a modern gadget in our well, hands. Well, that mortality is not that high. That we have brought medicine to a certain level. That yes, we have wars, but not as many as those conquests that happened in the past. People sort of live in comfort, more or less, with food and water. Everything is sort of not so bad. We can still be afloat on the ship somehow. It is consciousness which is trying to justify. We can still be afloat. You know, not only ships can be afloat, but also many other things. And we already no longer resemble a ship. I'll put it this way. And I would even put it this way. Then why do so many economists and scientists ask themselves the question, what to do next? What kind of development? I mean, everyone understands. An impasse. An impasse, surely. That we have reached an impasse. And Ola said it right. Indeed, it would seem that hunger, in comparison with the history of humankind, is sort of… Do you know the number of people who are starving today? An enormous number. 760 million, I think. That almost number… Almost a billion people. Yes, almost a billion people. Every six seconds one person dies of and hunger. And excuse me, several billion people live below the poverty line. Yes. yes. So is that normal? Of course This not. is actually said by those who are sitting on the couch with a full refrigerator. Yes. And… Excuse me, there are a bit more than 50% of them. Yet what about those ones? This is actually said by the people who have been humiliated and enslaved by consciousness to such an extent that they live like cockroaches or mice. There is cheese and they just eat it. Well, and here is a simple question. Is this person who does not see beyond his nose a human being? He's a total slave of his consciousness, which keeps him like a goat in a stall gives it food and water, but takes away its life, milk and everything else. What makes him different from an animal? Nothing. Nothing. If his soul doesn't ache for those people who are hungry, who are dying, or like Tonichka said, we need to feed them. Guys, we need to create conditions so that this doesn't happen. We can feed them forever. Yes. And this will never end. And if we change the conditions, then all this will end. Evil will go away if we want this. And if we do not want this, it will remain. And then already, as Igor Vladimirovich says, even economists ask the question, what to do with this world? Well, isn't that so? Yes. And to what extent the situation with the drinking water has aggravated? 
Literally yesterday I opened an article and read that about 40% of the world's population is already… Well, they already lack this water, especially pure drinking water. And what does the lack of water mean? Of course, it is impossible to live without it, it is clear, whereas the climate is changing and drought is and coming. And it will get worse. Of course, but I just wanted to develop my idea. Why do people look for new formats then? Because they understand that despite all this seeming abundance or supply, people are still unhappy. Certainly. I mean, there is no understanding of this, and many assume that people were happy before. Why? Because they still had everything ahead of them, while here they seem to have already achieved everything, and the understanding of what they should achieve next has been people lost. People haven't achieved anything at all yet. Well, yes. By and large, what have we achieved? Nothing. Well, absolutely. Science, excuse me. These are the first steps of science. Of course. If we compare with at least one normal civilization, which hasn't even gone far from us, we have nothing to compare, we are in the Stone Age. If with all our technologies we cannot cope with the problem of hunger on Earth, or of water supply, or of water supply, we cannot cope with our own negative thoughts. Yes. Of course, if we, for example, spend trillions on wars and only some measly millions or maybe billions on food programs, but it cannot really be compared with the trillions, yet we spend them on wars which only bring misfortune. Self destruction of one another. Yes, while on saving Not people. Not against common threats. Yes. Mind you, my friends, what's the point of deceit? Not against threats to all of humanity, but against one another. Absolutely right. Is that normal? And among all this, I'd like to add that through various organizations and so on, an illusion is being supported that we pursue solutions to these problems, we pursue and we pursue happiness. It is even written in the constitutions of some countries that a person has the right to pursue happiness, pursuit of happiness. That is, it is not said that he has a right anywhere that he should be happy. Happy. While the yes. system and the consumer society makes progress on people's constant striving towards happiness. But not reach it, mind this. But not on reaching it, meaning that he… Whereas the pursuit is like communism, you know, we are recalling it again. As they yes. used to say, under communism everything will be great, but no one promised you to feed you on the way to it, right? Right. Just like we were living and waiting for the year 2000 or 1980 While to the go. creative and constructive society, simply in contrast to that, is when people are happy. It's yes. like a state of being, that is, they are happy because they live by the spiritual and do not pursue anything in the material. I mean, when you have this happiness, your actions result from it. It doesn't depend on our material existence, as they say, as of personality, right? Yes. Why? Because personality is a spiritual component and happiness is not material, not physical. Yes, we already feel the echoes of inner happiness, which physically manifests itself as echoes in our body, in our emotions, because there is positivity. It's clear that there is total control of thoughts, because negativity will no longer be able to get into, let's say, our seething flow of happiness in any way. But at the same time, we still do not lose control over the reality of our three-dimensional existence, although temporary. But consciousness remains under control. We do not lose interest in science, development or communication with each other. Isn't that so? You have life inside and you feel it. Yes, but what does this life give? It gives not just confidence, but the knowledge of tomorrow's existence and not some hope for a horizon that you will reach someday. It is already here, for you are already that very horizon. And then it is really good. But when you can do better, and you understand, then you can do better.
improve at least something in this world for others. You go ahead and do this. You don't wait for someone to come and do it. That's the point. Do not sit idle. Or to give you an order that you must do this or that in order to improve your life. Of course. Excuse me, but when a person lives by the spiritual, doesn't he feel the order coming from the inside? That happiness should be shared, as Igor Vladimirovich said. Yes. How can you keep it to yourself? Does it matter who is with you and who is in front of you? When you share it, people understand it. When you do it sincerely, well, of course, if a person comes who didn't understand anything himself, but begins to teach someone and he says, you're obliged to do this and that, while he himself lives differently at this time, well, of course, he won't be understood, isn't that so? Yes. You simply shouldn't play around, but really be a human and be really alive, and everything falls into place. It's just so interesting that when a person lives by the material, he never gains this happiness. While when a person becomes happy inside, then it is no longer important what the conditions around him are. But you just don't remain indifferent to them, because your need comes from the inside. Of course. And that's why, you know, the following question arose. Why do we need to wait for some kind of external threat, cataclysms, wars, to create such a society which all of us are initially striving for? We don't have to wait for it. We have to avoid it. Yes. Excuse me, external threats are not an incentive for people. It would have been much better, in fact, if such conversation would have risen at least a hundred years ago. It would have been more correct. And they tried to raise them, but everything was distorted. And we got a completely different world order. And it didn't lead to anything good. Why? Again, the consumer way of thinking led to the distortion of the truth that were supposed to dominate, while other things became dominant. The thirst for power, human gluttony, loss of truth by people. And it would have been right if it had been at that time. And now, excuse me, it is an attempt by society to jump into the last car of the departing train. Yes, a lot depends on us whether we will be able to do it or not. But excuse me, to run across the platform and catch up with the departing, it's much better when you are waiting for it, you are ready for the train to arrive. You will calmly get settled without a hurry, right? Igor Mikhailovich, they're also waiting for a lot more. When you talk to people, they say, yes, of course, I'm ready to change. While a grandmother on the bench is not ready, and we will not be able to build a creative society with her, for sure. And there's also such a point that something very, very bad should happen, and all people will sort of be shaken no. up, and that's it, and their consciousness will change. I'll tell you how it will work. If uncontrolled processes, God forbid, will happen now, and at least half the world will actually be destroyed, then the rest of the remaining population will start eating each other in the struggle for survival, and nothing spiritual will happen to them. When the demon reigns in your head, do not expect anything divine. In the beginning, people should kick these demons out of their heads. That's when there will be order. And waiting for annihilation is a mindset that comes from the system itself. These are the thoughts that are imposed on people. And they push to it, they crave for it. And who among people does not crave for someone else to be annihilated, but not him? 
Even sometimes, you know, the following thoughts come. Why would I bother about these people? They cut you off. They behave somehow. On the road, right. Let this Yellowstone explode and everyone will know that it's true. But Sunshine, you're driving along the road of the United States of America, right? Yes. You're being cut off, but you're driving along this road. I'm driving. There is someone to cut off. There is someone to misbehave. Something else. They're still alive. While if Yellowstone explodes, well, you won't be driving there already. Right. You'll have to drive here. Do you think our roads are better? Well, it's just, you know, it's as if sometimes thoughts fly into your consciousness that it's impossible to build the society. As if it looks at all people like this and says, well, with them, there are thousands of them driving. How will all these thousands find out about us? Well, it's just something from the world of some fiction. It's as if you don't even let yourself take the swing that it's possible it. Okay, Sunshine, a simple example. How many participants are in the Alatra movement? Aren't there a lot of them? A lot, a lot. And if we take them and place them on the road where you drive, will there be less of them? No. Well, they've understood that after all. They have understood. They all won't even fit into that road. Yes, it's true. Of course. Just look how consciousness deceives. Very much, yes. By zooming, right? Yes. Yes. As if it doesn't see how many we are. If you don't see it with your eye, it means it doesn't exist. Yes, it means it doesn't exist. This is a mindset from consciousness. But when you live, excuse me, by the inner world, you feel everywhere. Right. Yes. It's true. Everything is simple. It draws that you're alone, yes. Of course. And it exaggerates the negative. But when a person lives, again or rather does not live, but exists, it is not life under the dictatorship of consciousness. He's alone. His closest friends are actors in his head who shear him like a sheep. But he's alone, even in the circle of the closest people. Well, I'm sorry, when a person lives by the spiritual, no matter where he is, he's far from being alone. Because, excuse me, there are a lot of people, nearest and dearest ones with him, right? And again, the infinite and boundless world is with him. How can he be alone? And where can he be alone? Nowhere. And here is a simple example of what loneliness is. Loneliness, my friends, is a service to the devil. That is loneliness. Also, Igor Mihailovich, quite often I face such a point, even on the part of authoritative people, professors, who say, well, the crisis is a sign of God's punishment for our sins, so everything should get purged, because there is no other way. May I interrupt you? Yes. May I, because the joke will be lost. It's because of such professors that God's punishment is on us. Well, yes, that's what I'm talking about, yes. So they created such a society, and we suffer, and now… Yes, we suffer. And now, excuse me, nature wants to purge itself of us, but if they are so smart and authoritative, why haven't they made our world a better place? And they didn't give any solutions. Of course, and now ordinary people have to take some actions, right? Well, at least they're not atheists. That's a relief. Atheists are also human beings, after all. Atheism is a religion. If they really… Atheism is a renunciation of God, right? In short, if they don't believe in God, then who do they don't believe in? Atheism is a religion. They believe that God doesn't exist, because they know that God exists. A lie to oneself, right? Self-denial, certainly. Well, it also happens. Or sadomasochism in a latent form. Sometimes we even heard the following stereotype. There are various trends, and you need to meditate for peace, 
You only need to work on yourself, but do nothing. And supposedly, what is happening in the world… Consciousness always finds a reason for you to stay on the couch. What is happening in the world is our karma. It's our karma. And now we need to send positive… That's right. And again, let's take a look. Let's set everything aside, absolutely everything, and just take a clear look at the situation from the side, so to say. And what does consciousness do? It immobilizes a person in every way. It actually diverts him from spiritual liberation. Why? Because it is not profitable for the system. Excuse me, who wants to become a voluntary slave when you can resist this? Here is a banal example. While our consciousness is an intelligent part, therefore it makes, talks and creates a mass of various trends, even if a person feels an internal desire for spiritual growth, it immediately puts substitutions in his way. But when a person receives simple knowledge, it really works, excuse me, it works in Alatra for millions of people, right? And the knowledge works in the literal sense of the word, you can safely say so. Why? Because if a person takes and uses it, he sees the practical result. Isn't that right? Yes. Because he feels happiness thanks to it. But why does consciousness of many people immediately become hostile? Why? Because it is not beneficial for the system. When these goats become free, it's beneficial for the system to eat them. And everything is very simple. It is much more convenient for it when a person lives alone, suffers from his problems. Whereas his suffering is the system's feet, he invests his attention. There is nothing more valuable, guys, than time and attention, no matter what anyone says. It's the only thing you possess. And this is what all the demons of this world, those whom we don't see, fight for, even if we don't believe in them. And again, who in us believes? And who doesn't? The actors in your heads, my friends. When you become free, you already know this. And to believe or not to believe is a game for religions. The video Does God Exist really inspired me with an insight. I mean, how can you actually believe and trust someone you don't know? And in fact, it doesn't matter whether it is a material plane in terms of trust between people or it's knowing God in oneself, the spiritual path, you still need to take the first step in order to gain this experience. While merely in words, even the most authoritative Holy Scripture or whoever it is… There are no authoritative scriptures for people. There's simply none. Because it's people who write these authoritative scriptures. People make them, and then they themselves begin to believe that the Lord sent them, He Himself wrote and gave it. Yes, prophets come, they bring the knowledge. But what we do with this knowledge? And with the prophets? How much we alter them from our consumer-like format in order to usurp power over someone, so that we do nothing, but everyone works on us. Well, isn't that so? It's true, after all in order to command, in order to… Excuse me, if I've achieved something and become some pastor or imam, then everyone should obey me. But why on earth should they obey me? A simple question. Who are you? Are you a prophet? Is it your knowledge? Was it you who brought it here? Was it you who thought it up? Was it you who composed it? No, Allah or the Lord sent it, no matter what we call Him. God is one. And He gave it to all. Did the person who first distorted it have the right to distort it. He did not. Why did he do that? And he did this not on his own free will, but because he did not control his consciousness, because he wanted to seem, but not to be. He committed an act of simony. He began to liken himself to the external, forgetting the internal. And naturally, he began to interpret 
this knowledge which was known to many, in his own way to please himself. Why didn't anyone speak up? And it's the same in every religion. Igor Mikhailovich, well, even believers don't read any of the scriptures. Well, I mean, properly, even… Because they don't understand. It's like, you know… You… wait, Olechka, let's… which scriptures have you read? Well, for example, the Bible. I started, I read the New Testament, and immediately… Yes, and what did you understand from it? I understood from it. Yes, it's a good question. I understood from it. Here is the answer. No, no. We all understood that she had understood. I understood from it that love is the most important thing, that Jesus didn't come to the chosen people, but He came, as it is mentioned there, that… While the chosen people say otherwise. But why do they say otherwise? Being them, I would also say otherwise. It is much more pleasant if Jesus came to me and not to you, right? Well, but he yes. came to me, I I will have something to brag about. For Igor Mikhailovich, it said, do not call anyone your father except for your God. Yet, that very holy fathers ask us to call them fathers. This question has always been nagging at me. This is simony and like and no one tells them no. And no one tells them. Why doesn't anyone tell no, them? they tell them. Well, why? One can they tell. tell them. They tell the truth to their faces. They're afraid. But the point is that at the time when he forces you to call him the Holy Father, demon in his thoughts talk only about one thing how to rip you off, or something else. But at this time, he presents himself as a messenger of God. He is the only one between you and God, after all. You won't come anywhere on your own. Only with his help, it means he's the Father. That's it, he's the authority, so kiss his hand. Well, yes, that's give right. money. Otherwise, you won't come. Yes. His hand. Otherwise, there's no way for you to get to God. Who are you? Only they know what the proper way to God for you is, navigators. You know, we are faced with the following moment. When we talk to many people, a defense gets activated in them. What if there is nothing there? Nobody has come back from there yet. What are you telling and me? And who said that nobody came back from there? Well, these are the same. If that were so, it would be wonderful, my friends. And have you tried? Come into contact with God at least. Yourself. At least what happiness and love Take are. Take the first step, right? Work on yourself. And then already say whether anyone came back or is not. Is there that world or not? Or right. does everything end with this world? Or is it just a hallucination in the head? After all, hallucination and reality are different things. Life and death, in any form, no matter how the system presents it, are two different things. It is impossible to confuse the alive and the dead. Yes, and you talk to this one. Okay, now you've grabbed a lot of money for yourself, so you'll pass away, and what's next? And there is nothing beyond. What is the point of all this? And then? what did you live for? What to exist here for, if there is nothing what beyond? For? Well, you have lived a but little. But just if there was nothing, it would also be wonderful. But life goes on further. Excuse me, even science says that information cannot be destroyed. Of course. It is incapable of self-destruction. And a person is, first of all, energy and information. It means that he has to exist until someone takes some measures. A person cannot get anywhere on his own, and he has two ways, either to hell or to heaven, either to become a subpersonality or an angel. If a person hasn't wanted to go to angels, what will happen? Well, of course, he will become a subpersonality. And everything that is told about hell, suffering and torment is, excuse me, an associative description of the state of subpersonality. They say there is no mention of subpersonality anywhere. In any religion it is told about it, and in detail. It was just much more convenient to tell people that when they get there they would be boiled in a cauldron or something else. Well, but they describe the same conditions, but at the same time they also write about what was real. Didn't the first Christians talk about this, excuse me? Surely they did. True followers of Christ. And I have a simple question, they say, yes, everything was written down, there is the Gospel. 
How many years was Jesus going around and how much did he tell? And everything was fitted in. Yes, a little. In which several people repeat the same thing. Yes, with small deviations. And why? And where is the rest? And the rest is not there, because it would destroy everything. That is called the organization. It would be impossible to build a consumer-based format for an organization on the true knowledge. Impossible. Because it would destroy this as it is. This also implies to almost any religion. Isn't that right? Of course. If we call things by their names. Everything is really simple. It's just that there is such a relevant point about the fact that after about the Ninth Circle video, a lot of people asked, how can Alatra raise such serious topics? Or maybe they're themselves… In the Ninth Circle? Yes, well, it's just that there is such a point. Well, We yes. often heard sort of a misunderstanding from the participants. Well, why are we going to bring up the negativity now, talk about the climate and other problems? That is, study how it works in general. Well, again, the question is that consciousness always acts like, as they say, Baba Yaga is against. And just like a black crow among white swans, it always tries to stain them with dirt, at least a little bit, so that they become grey at least. This is normal. Has human consciousness let's say, ever accepted God as such? Never. Right. Only when it is beneficial for it, from the position of manipulating the masses. That's all. That's where consciousness manifests itself very well. But when it's impossible to manipulate, and when you get nothing but losses from this, when you spend your time, your money, your attention, in order to give this to people, does consciousness like this? It does not. And if the demons are against, then you are going the right direction, my friend. And that's the point. Isn't it so? Also, there is another stereotype about technological progress and creative and constructive society. I've heard very often that there are such communities or trends that claim that we need to get away from civilization, sort of need a retreat to fill up with energy, take a break from this, that it is considered… The path of an egoist. And basically, it is considered that technology… The path of isolation, certainly, technology is harmful. And a creative and constructive society are incompatible. These are different things, of course. Yes, right, that's how it is being told. Yes, absolutely. Told by whom? In whose minds? Again, does it matter what actors tell a goat? Yes. If they want to milk it. While we are talking about a creative and constructive society of free, spiritually developed people, and science plays a paramount role here, what we call science today, guys, compared to other civilizations, and we are far from being the only civilization in the universe, guys, we shouldn't be egoists and think that billions and billions of similar planets are not populated, that only our Earth is populated by intelligent beings. This is such a religious mindset. Also egoism. Coming from egoism in its highest degree, as regards our science we lack, behind normal civilizations, just like the Stone Age lacks, behind today's development of humankind. Our nuclear bombs, my friends, are like wooden sticks. I see. Well, the achievement in science is not about how many of our own kind we can destroy, but how many good things we can give and how we can provide for people so that they have free time for spiritual growth. For that very science, again, for development of human abilities and talents, 
in that very poetry, excuse me, music. Absolutely right, in creativity and everywhere around, a human being should develop, but not degrade. How can a person develop spiritually, intellectually and creatively, if, excuse me, he works all day long, well, let's say, performs monotonous, hard physical labor? Clearly, he can develop, it will not hinder him. But what will hinder him very much is when he slaves away, like a machine, eight hours a day, or even more. Is this right in our modern society? This is wrong. Of course The not. human body is not adapted to this, and a person shouldn't do this. But they're afraid anyway, despite they slave away for eight hours a day. But when they say, now there will be a robot, and there will be a sort of streamlined production. A person is afraid to lose his piece of bread. That is, he's trapped in such conditions. Surely. And if we… Again, the consumer-based format dictates, it intimidates people and keeps them in slavery, tritely with a piece of bread, clothes, a roof over the head and the like. But if we look at what concerns science, as you said, what is described in the primordial Alatra physics, and it will actually be implemented, people can easily implement this if they want to. I mean that very physicists will stop making bombs and developing new weapons, and they will try to solve this puzzle completely, right? Of course. And what will happen? And everything, everything around will change Everything then. will change. Of course. Yes. The entire life will. Then you won't have to Is work. It's really difficult. You will have basically everything. All this will be in reality. Of course. A person just needs to pay attention to what is creative. Because even regarding thoughts and the worldviews of scientists, when we were discussing the climate, the question often came up regarding adaptation, that science should find ways to supply water in the arid region. It's simple. There is nothing simpler than providing humanity with everything it needs. I will give a simple example. What does water consist of? What does bread consist of? What does meat consist of? What do your clothes and money consist of? Of those elementary particles. The, particles. the same ones? Yes. The same ones, yes. A different combination of information. That's right. If we can form something out of them. Just like Lego, right? Of course. Everyone knows Lego. Kids assemble the bricks. They're colorful. And assembling them, we can make anything. 3D printing was one considered to be a science fiction, right? Well, yes. Whereas today they create human organs and many other things. Well, excuse me, what is mentioned in the primordial Alatra physics means satisfaction of all your material needs simply by pushing a button. But you have time for life, for existence and for spiritual growth. But if the format does not change from the consumer to the creative and constructive one, then giving these technologies to people now Firstly, it's it's a terrible weapon. Of course. And secondly, even if without weapons, people will use this simply for doing nothing, there will be severe degradation. Humanity will turn back into monkeys and climb trees. Well, this didn't actually happen, but we'll take Darwin's theory as a fact in this case. They will become inveterate drunkards. Of course. The animal will dominate in people. Yes. I just wanted to add here precisely about the true meaning of the existence of society as such, because today this topic was partially raised in the Universal Grain project. When we ask people what unites all of us, many people answer love. We ask the next question, what is true love? And one of the answers that we often hear from people is, what do you mean by what? That's what God created us for. That is, it turns out that people understand that we as humanity are here to love, and then our existence is justified. And this precisely concerns the topic of our conversation today. 
day. This is the only reason for existence of our kind, yes. That this is actually happiness. And what you have said before that, Igor Mikhailovich, that a consumer society can't be built on the true knowledge, but a creative and constructive society of course. can be built on it, while the true knowledge is precisely a latra. Therefore, why is it really possible today? Because it is that knowledge which first and foremost makes this inner love of a person a priority. Because only when people understand that on the whole we are here for this, and society, well, on some material conditions and so on, this is already secondary, that we just need to build this in order to firstly realize this inner… Of course. …our opportunity to love and grow in this love. To live. To live. Our opportunity to truly live. Yes. And what is the point of humanity which does not live, which exists and survives? We multiply subpersonalities, we, excuse me, stuff cemeteries. And what's the point of people? We multiply ourselves, but what for? We create, excuse me, beautiful jugs in order to fill them with dead water. Is that right? My friends, this is wrong. That's why we must change everything. And we must fill these beautiful jugs with living water. And then everything will be right. But it all depends on us, on our society. It's us who choose how to live. But unfortunately, we live precisely the way we have chosen. Игорь Михайлович, will such a phenomena as competition exist in a creative and constructive society at all? How can it be otherwise? After all, competition is a normal healthy phenomenon. There is healthy competition and there is unhealthy one. Isn't sport a competition? What does a normal and competitive way of doing business give? Development. It gives someone who is more honest and conscientious the ability to survive, or who is trickier in the consumer-based format let's say. But when a person makes products of higher quality at a cheaper cost, well, of course, his business will flourish. Isn't it so? Of course. Therefore, competition is normal. The main thing is what the accent is, right? What is the ultimate goal? Of this competition. And competition in what? Right? Also, you know, as Anichka said, right, this love. And now I recalled such an example. Indeed, it's really the responsibility of all of us. Because if during the day we behave like a real human with a capital letter, then a person who is next to us as if gets inspired by this, right? Well, of course. He doesn't want to show any of his negative qualities. He somehow wants to catch up. And how can one show negative qualities with a person who lives by the spiritual, who is filled with love? who does not support your evil conversations, to whom you are trying to tell that your neighbor is a scoundrel while he laughs in your face because he sees and understands that the demon is speaking in you, that you are manipulated, that you are, excuse me, a goat on a leash. Well, what can be? Well, the goat is bleating, that's it, so what? Well, a person smiled and moved on, right? Yes. Is it possible with this person to belittle someone no. or to laugh at someone? No, it's impossible. And these people, well, they have inside this aspiration to help their neighbors. It's really so. Absolutely right. And this help, you also want to act the same way and help. You get inspired by something good because you want to be free. Yes. Because you are tired of being a goat on a leash. Yes. You want to release the color at least a little bit. And I also want to. <laughs> yes. And that's why, if there are more of us and we share, then people will be inspired and they will also catch up this wave. If we want this, everything will be the way we want. If we try to do our best at that and not just lie on the couch and want this and hope that someone will do this, no one will come and do this. 
Without you, my friend, no one will come and do anything. And even, you know, this fear of talking to someone. We have communicated a lot with many different people of different social statuses, ages, and this is close to everyone. There wasn't a single one who said, get out, we don't want to know anything about this at all. No, everything is very... Maybe at first they were somehow distressful, but then they opened up more and were like, oh, is it true? Is it possible this way? And what is? And you know, there is always such an interesting question. Is a lot a religious organization? No, they are more tolerant in America. They say, is it a religious organization? Here it's simpler. They say in your face, Alatra is a sect. This is a sectarian. Okay, a sectarian. So what? Yes. And when you say that people are of different denominations, of different beliefs, and that God is one, that's when a person lights up even more. Because you simply say, of you just course. share that it became easier for you to live with this knowledge. You tell it honestly, and it's not, as you earlier said, moralizing because a person feels a lie, feels very quickly. Of course, at once. Because demons, when communicating with each other, understand each other without words. If you want to deceive someone, you will not succeed. Yes, the demons in another person can play along, but they actually interact with each other. It's the same way when people are spiritual, for instance, they meet, they haven't said anything, but they resonate with each other, they feel this. The same way demons feel and understand because they are part of one common program, you can't get away from this. That is why it's better to live honestly and not to lie. And not to be afraid, really, not to be afraid. Why to be afraid of the truth? The truth is the truth. Demons are afraid of the truth, so let them be afraid. I'll repeat, the darkness disappears when the light appears. Isn't it right? Does the light disappear when the darkness comes? Well, think about it, my friends. When we talked to many people regarding transformation of the society, we also noted that there are different organizations, even of some spiritual orientation, which strive for transformation, and they try to unite among themselves, to fence themselves off the outer world, to organize some settlements or isolate themselves somewhere from the entire world. Yes. But a deep understanding has come about what happens now among the movement participants and all people in the world in general that not just those people whom you currently know personally become your like-minded people, but every person. I mean, when you have this experience of communication between people, between participants, those who strive for God and learn how to live by the internal love, then the whole world becomes your like-minded people. That is, you don't have to isolate yourself from anyone, defend yourself. But I was always interested. People are trying to isolate themselves from the society. They create their own settlement. They have ideas like, the society is bad, it doesn't live right, we will live right. But has anyone looked at these societies? What is actually behind this? As a rule, behind this, there is always someone who represents power in this community. And all the interests of the community are focused on serving him. And that's it. Meaning, everything is very simple. Why? Because if a person lives by the spiritual, if he is truly free spiritually, he understands perfectly well that you cannot hide from Satan anywhere. Even if you fly into space, or dive underwater, or if all of us together go and climb our Ipetri mountain. So what? Is there no devil there, or what? He is in our heads, wherever we climb. Well, isn't that so? No matter what mountain we climb, or whatever depth we plunge into, we will not hide from the devil. 
because He is a component of our consciousness. This is like in our gadgets, it is precisely information. And what we call the system, it is the Internet to which they are connected. Well, how can you escape from this? A simple question. Well, and most importantly, one shouldn't defend the position of consciousness. No. That I sort of have a sense of justice. It's necessary to control. A sense of justice is my understanding of this. But who is speaking for you now? And a person is bleating at this time like a goat on a leash, because he has such a sense of justice aggravated due to the dictatorship of his consciousness. Yet has he tried to stop and think, who is he at the moment? Who in him is saying this stupidity? And where is his inner freedom? And what does he want at the moment, as a human, to remain a goat on a leash? Excuse me, whose tongue is moved by no one knows who? By some incorporeal creature? After all, it is incorporeal. It is merely information that comes in. It doesn't make you do this, but you do this. Why? Because it seems to you that it is impossible to overcome this. It tells you so, that it is impossible to overcome this. I understand when a person, let's say, is held by some stronger people, it is impossible for him to break free, physical effort is applied. While in this case, is physical effort actually applied? He himself with his own attention. There is attention, Absolutely yes. right. Switch your attention to something positive, and everything disappears. Take a step, and you will see how this illusion collapses. But there is fear to destroy the illusion, because consciousness says, but what is beyond? Well, you will destroy your world now, but what will you gain? Again, the consumer-based format, what will you gain, and what do you want to gain? In the world, which is finite, where everything is being destroyed. Excuse me, everything is temporary here. But you will definitely gain something greater than what the system offers. You will gain freedom. Is it possible to compare this feeling of freedom that people gain with something material. Just can that love, joy and happiness, real happiness, be compared with anything illusory here? A simple answer. So, what will you lose and what will you gain? Unfortunately, while a person is here and in the body, he won't lose these barking dogs anywhere. These chihuahuas will remain with him. But the question is, who will command whom? Chihuahuas will command you, or you will command the Chihuahua. That's the whole difference. So, my friends, don't be afraid of anyone. The most important thing is to make a choice and walk confidently, and everything will be fine. Don't be lazy. Yes, it's a great happiness to build such a society of friends, where consciousness doesn't dictate to people how long they should be friends and when they need to quarrel. Well, again, that very friendly relationship and everything else are as follows. If it is profitable, we are friends. If not, we are not friends. Let's take a group of friends, from children to retirees. Someone dictates to someone. Someone serves someone. Well, a convenient relationship. I don't even want to discuss it. It's manipulation. It's true. Igor Mihalovich, for example, I see that we don't have a lot of people in the group. There are three people. I am the fourth, right? And when consciousness is stroked on the third, it says, oh, with these people, everything is good. And if someone has said something again, that's it. We push this person away and we don't want so? to communicate with him or do anything else. 
And why do we not want to? Well, he doesn't do it the way I want, so I don't want to do it. He doesn't do it the way I want. Yes. But the question is, who wants in you? Who is the dictator in you? Is. Of course. And why does it manipulate this way? So that you get what? A strong emotion. Yes. It doesn't care what kind of emotion arises in you. The main thing is that you put it into nowhere, into what is empty, not into spiritual achievement. And that's it. The system is full. Electricity in the gadget is spent. The battery is low. And the system is happy because it lives of this. If we turn off the electricity, will the letters on their tablets still be there? Or will they disappear? They will disappear. So will human life. It is wasted. Is wasted, right? On emptiness. Of course. But just as these little letters live of electricity, so does human consciousness. For as long as there is electricity. Electricity is our attention which feeds them while they write to us which side of the bed to get up on and who to spit on. Isn't that so? Or multiple desires. And desires, certainly, of course. That supposedly make you unhappy, because you can't fulfill that. But of course, but they make you addicted, and then they make you unhappy, yes. because of these addictions. Banal manipulations. Or problems, And yes. how many problems it throws in. Right, wait, don't leave, here is something else for yes, you. Yes, exactly, and immediately there are a lot of problems, Yes, especially of at the first stages, Yes, when a right. person only embarks, he gains, he has taken a deep breath and felt freedom, and the system immediately gets activated. Yes. And many helpers come to drive the goat back into the stall. Yes. That's interesting. But if you're not a goat, does this help the system? No. Of course. No, of course not. Everything is just ridiculous. While preparing for our meetings, such a parallel appeared, as if an understanding came regarding internal freedom and limitation. That it turns out, when you limit your consciousness, I mean, you keep it within the limits, then you, you're sort of guided by the inner freedom, then you, you don't see these obstacles anymore. And regarding the limitation of capital, an understanding came that by limiting capital, you are not limiting yourself, but you can already… No, by limiting capitalization, you limit the animal, you limit gluttony. In the same way. You limit the stupidity, which leads to wars, destruction, robbery and everything else. They limit, for instance, people say 10 million dollars today is the maximum capitalization of an individual, right? Basically, it's more than enough, but it can be freely and honestly earned, in fact. Isn't that right? There was a question regarding limitation, that here we consider already a creative and constructive format where there is no inflation, where there are no taxes, Surely. where there is free… Of course. Well, this point is not always clear. So wait, why should you limit right. it now when everything remains as it is? This is a robbery. Yes, yes. And how is that better? A person worked all his life, did his best and they came and robbed him. Well, it's like a rob what has been robbed previously, isn't it? No. This is when we build a creative and constructive society, when all the tools are introduced. The absence of inflation and many other things, I mean. Prices are stable, and it's then when a person has to be sort of limited. Otherwise, without limitations, he won't get out of this consumer-based format. And then everything clicks into places, and everything is honest, and everything is fair. But a person does not really need much. All this is stupidity. If humanity actually develops in a creative and constructive way, it will very quickly get away from the concept of money at all. Yes. Again, if the Alatra physics develops from a hypothesis into a reality, it will solve this question in six seconds. Of course. Nobody will need any money, nothing. Everything material will be completely devalued because everything can be made. Everything, but a person's choice. Yes. And this is the most important thing. But this expands people's opportunities to explore other worlds while they are boundless. Well, to grow spiritually, 
to grow intellectually, well, this is really wonderful. It makes it possible for a person to live in such a society and to live the way he should have already lived. We should have lived in such a society a long time ago, but unfortunately we still live the way we live. Well, you know, Igor Mikhailovich, I read the book, science fiction, and all people walked in the same clothes there. And my consciousness says, how is that they are in the same clothes? And now I understand why they wore comfortable clothes. The same, as it was described there. Because when consciousness says, I need beautiful shoes, nobody will have such shoes. Only I will attract attention. Yes, exclusively. And when you don't have this dependency, I mean, everyone can afford this beautiful, yes, shoes, then you can also feel good and felt boots. Then you will choose what is comfortable, comfortable and convenient yes. and useful. And it will all get simpler. Yes. Because there is no such a concept as fashion. There won't be. Yes. Fashion is imposed now by a consumer-based format. It's uncomfortable for a person in a tie. But it's the way it should be. So he's sitting in a tie and it's uncomfortable for him. At least it looks well. Well, you know, a lot of things. I also like the way a color looks on my chihuahua. But I think it is against it. It's easier for it without it. Whereas a human being should exist and live in a way that is comfortable and the most convenient and beneficial for his, let's say, health. Isn't that right? It is. Here's a simple example. And what have you decided now, to walk on such heels or in comfortable sneakers? Definitely in sneakers. Yes, but why? Because stupidity will disappear. Everything has been imposed. Everything is imposed. Then individuality will manifest itself in something different, in the inner. Absolutely right. And then, completely different criteria for evaluating humanity about its spiritual component, about its ability to give people. To give not materially, because everything is already there, but to give spiritually. And this is much more important. Here is an example about fashion. Well, we recently talked with friends. Remember, there were net bags in the Soviet Union. Yes, yes. Very convenient yes. things. And my daughter showed us. The company Celine offers a net bag just like the one that was in the Soviet Union for 900 euros. And this is fashion. This is imposed. Well, 900 euros for something that used to cost, I don't know, 50 or 70 well, cents. It's cool but that it's fashionable. Now, yes. in the movement, there are different, not standards, but sort of milestones for development that those people who have already taken the first step, who by their example give this, not motivation, but this aspiration, a person as if wants to try himself. They show that it is possible. It's possible, right? Yes, a person himself wants to live by this. And this is the most important thing. Yes. After all, These moments of the first formation are very important for people. Show me such people. But when, excuse me, yes. there are already so many of them all over the world, then only the blind person doesn't see. Yesterday, there was a very funny comment from Dr. Khalid from Egypt. We were discussing various topics and he mentioned that, well, not everyone at your age can reason the way you do. Well, and then I thought, a few years ago, I really didn't reason like that yet. It's just that I note that over this time, well, there is progress even for consciousness. This is freedom of thinking, understanding the essence of things, tracking not only the consequences, but also understanding of the causes yes. that have led to this consequence. This is natural in spiritual development. So. What was the most inspiring, at least for me, is that when I started to deal with climate issues, the climate and now the economics and other areas, that you begin to understand these parallels as… Interrelations. Well, basically, thanks to the knowledge, and the spiritual knowledge is reflected in any sphere, because before the Bible for me, not the Bible, well, Christianity, any denomination in general, this was like spiritual life of a person was separated from what surrounds him now. From worldly life, yes of course. So those very separations that one has to be 
in some kind of order or a monastery, and it took time to even admit this idea that in this world, well, well, when you voiced that this world has to be a world which you don't want to leave. Of course, and this is real. It's just that when you voiced it, I realized that I had always had this understanding inside, but I, as if didn't dare to voice it, as if I dared to encroach on something sort of holy. But I understand, if not here, then how? Well, what is this life given for then? If What's the point? This is life. What is life given to a human for? For deceiving each other. But how is a human better than, excuse me, that very monkey then? Yes. Well, well, what's the difference between a human and an animal then? There is none. Yes. Well, human life is given for him, excuse me, to evolve from an animal into an angel, from a mortal to an immortal one, that's the point. But again, all this happens by his choice, and we are talking about the same thing again. It's just interesting that the question was raised about the spiral of silence, that everyone seems to want this, but they are afraid to say I'll say it again, evil is well organized, and that's what makes it different. And it seems to me that it's high time for the good to get well organized too. And we can talk on these topics forever, my friends. But I have a suggestion, let's just love each other. Let's unite, unite in the positive and the good. Thank you for being with us. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.